Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in. Sure to appreciate you joining me. Hope it gives you something to look forward to throughout the day, whether it's dishes or laundry or cleaning, picking up, driving up and down the road, conference period, lunch, winding down in the evenings. I'm glad you're here. For those of y'all that continue to come back, I appreciate that as well. It's nice to have a little bit of community, even if it is through a podcast. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and tell others about it, thank you so much. I'm incredibly grateful for that. Not a lot on the homestead. I am getting one day closer, I think, to ordering or getting our fruit trees to plant. The only other thing on the homestead is that one of the roosters, and I don't even know which one, but I have a feeling it's the juvenile, has been crowing for pretty sure the last 15, 20 minutes. And... I think what is going on is one of his hens has gotten lost and he's trying to get her to come back. We got these fluffy headed chickens. I don't know if you've ever seen them. I can't even remember what they're called, but they have feathers all over the top of their head, right? Well, I I swear they can't see. The feathers are all, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like some... Some of the people you see today that have this hair or the dogs, you know, the dogs with the really long hair that hangs down in front of their face. And it's almost like they have to like shake the hair out of their eyes just so they can catch a glimpse of where they're going. Right. These fluffy headed roosters or chickens, the hen that we have, especially the one hen that's left, you'll walk right up to her and it's like, she sees you finally when you're about six inches from her face. So anyway, I think this rooster is trying to get this hen that's blinded by her own feathers to come find wherever he is. But little farmyard antics there for you. That's about it. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the time to record this podcast, the people that listen to it and share it. God, I'm blessing. Surround them with your angels. Protect them from evil of any kind. Help us, Lord, to turn to you, to do your will. Help us to seek you and your kingdom and your righteousness first. Help us to love you with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Help us to get our priorities in order, uh, not to put off until tomorrow what we can do today because we don't know if we have tomorrow. Not to make you, to continue to say, well, we'll make you a priority someday. Or we'll make our spouse a priority someday. Or we'll be a better parent someday. Or we won't watch so much TV or scroll so much on our phones, etc., etc. Help us to make someday, today. Give us the strength to do it, the courage, the wisdom. Increase our faith. And God, my words here, Father, please. In your son's name we pray. Amen.
I wanted to read. I can't remember now. Battle Hymn of the Republic. One of the marching songs of the Union Army. Uh, and the line was, As Christ died to make men holy, let us die to make men free. And I really wanted to tie that into the previous podcast, the quote from Harriet Beecher Stowe at the end of Uncle Tom's Cabin, and I just didn't get to it. But, folks, I I have no desire for war. I I don't want to be cold again, wet, miserable, tired, hungry, scared. I have absolutely no desire to go through that, especially because a civil war here in America would be horrific beyond anything I can comprehend, beyond anything most people can comprehend. But it's important to remember one of our great generals in the Marine Corps made the comment once, and a lot of people have said it different ways, but he said, there's worse things than death. And and there's a list of those things. We've talked about them on here before. Cowardice. Cruelty. But there's there's worse things. And and you, you see in these moments of greatness throughout the history of our nation, Revolutionary War comes to mind. Both world wars. Civil War. that a a number of people made that decision. And this line and this marching song for the Union Army is, Christ died to make men holy, let us die to make men free. And the phrase was changed actually later, uh, let us live to make men free. But really, what did most of those men, a huge chunk of them, what did they do? They died, not most of them, but a huge chunk, right? more than all the other wars that we had fought up until Vietnam, maybe, I think. I don't know. Combined. And it may come to that again, folks. Just just something to put in your brain housing group. Just a thought. Uh, not really to be dark or depressive, folks, especially if you claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because when I die... I'm going to get to go to heaven where there's no more tears, there's no sorrow, there's joy, happiness. It's beyond imagining, right? It's like the thief on the cross. And Jesus tells him, I tell you today, right, be in the kingdom of heaven. Man, what, what, how miserable, can't even imagine how miserable crucifixion is. I don't even want to think about it. But what kind of joy and solace for that thief to know that when he drew his last breath, right there today when he died, after they broke his legs and all the pain, that he was going to be in joy and in the presence of God and Jesus Christ and, and love and happiness for all eternity to eat at God's table. 
I mean, just come on. That's got to make you smile a little bit. All right. Let's see if we can get through a couple more quotes than I did on the last podcast. Although I guess that's okay. This one's a pretty lengthy one, so maybe not. Uh, Calvin Coolidge. We go back to his quote so often. In fact, I'm going to read it. It's one of those quotes that we really ought to read uh, on a daily basis. This is definitely one of the daily. I know, and I haven't forgotten about it. Some of y'all that have listened to the podcast, I promise I have not forgotten about the Everyday Podcast. I'm, I'm, it's, it's still there. I'm, I'm mulling it over. I'm, I'm, I'm slow. And I forgot for a few days, honestly. The strength of our country is the strength of its religious convictions. The foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. And that's the problem today, folks. That really is. That quote sums up the problem. The teachings of Christ have ceased to be, really, decades ago. Uh, and, and we're just kind of seeing the fruits of that idiocy, that destruction today. But the principles of Jesus Christ, the Bible, they aren't universal anymore. And so... That's why we're where we are. Anyway, that's one of those quotes that I'll be read all the time. This is a <clears throat> another quote. This is part of a message that he gave called The Destiny of America. And before I forget, you can pull these quotes from a number of places. I'm pulling this one from the Patriots Bible today. Uh, Founders Bible may have it in it too. America's God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotes. Quotations. That one, I think, definitely has a first quote. But there's a number of places, but those are the three resources that I use most often. Phenomenal resources. Can't recommend it enough. Get a hard copy. Buy a hard copy for your kids, your friends. They ought to be the primary textbooks in every school classroom across the nation, every public school, anyway. If there be a destiny... It is of no avail to us unless we work with it. The ways of providence will be of no advantage to us unless we proceed in the same direction. If we perceive a destiny in America, if we believe that providence has been our guide, our own success, our own salvation requires that we should act and serve in harmony and obedience. We'll come back and talk about that nasty word, right, these days. Settlers came here from mixed motives, some for pillage and adventure, some for trade and refuge. But those who have set their imperishable mark upon our institutions came from far higher motives. Generally defined, they were seeking a broader freedom. They were intent upon establishing a Christian commonwealth in accordance 
to the principle of self-government. They were inspired body of men. It has been said that God sifted the nations that he might send choice grain into the wilderness. They had a genius for organized society on the foundations of piety, righteousness, liberty, and obedience of the law. They brought with them the accumulated wisdom and experience of the ages. Who can fail to see in it the hand of destiny? Who can doubt that it has been guided by a divine providence? I think President Coolidge would be pretty shocked to see what we've done today, regardless of your opinion of the man. I think a lot of our leaders would be very shocked to see what we have done today and not at all pleased. And they'd be shocked by the answers to those questions, right? So we'll go back up this first paragraph here. And just as I was reading it, it reminds me again of C.S. Lewis's analogy, multiple analogies really, but the one I remember is the math one from Mere Christianity. I've talked about it often here on the podcast. If you're doing math and all of a sudden you realize that you've done something wrong, you can't just fix it by starting at that point right there. You have to go back to where you messed up and fix that. And then you can get the rest of the problem right. Right? So a, a small example, or smaller, it's a big example in the country, but it's smaller than the biggest one. Right? The whole LGBTQ, etc. movement. The, the first place we have to go back to is like 2015 or 16, right? And recognize that transgenderism is a mental illness and it needs to be treated as such. And then we got to go back to the early 70s, 1970, 73, and realize that homosexuality is a mental illness and needs to be treated as such, right? You can't continue to fix the problem where we are because we messed up way back there in the problem, right? If this is a math problem, we messed up way back there in 2016 and then in 1972 or 73. And so we've got to go back there first and fix that. And then we can straighten things out. Make the same argument with feminism today. It doesn't do any good to try and fix it here. We've got to go back to the point where we started to pretend that men and women were the same. You can make the argument that that was in the 60s with free love, etc. You can make the argument of a bunch of different times there. You could make the argument you could go all the way back to suffrage and make the argument that that's because we didn't have any of the social welfare programs or the leftist ideology taking over more and more and more until after suffrage occurred in both Britain and the United States, right? So, but the point is still C.S. Lewis's point. Wherever it is that we messed up, pretending men and women were the same, that they were interchangeable, you've got to go back to that point.
and the biggest one for sure is rejection of God. And so, in this case, the 1947 decision, separation of church and state, there's a lot of little decisions on the way that sprang from that one, but that's where we've got to go back to reset, to get on the right path to solve this problem. Nothing we do is going to fix this problem until we go back to that point where we messed it up and then start to work from there. You know, and he, he also, here you see Coolidge is saying, the ways of providence, the ways of God, right? They're not going to be any advantage to us unless we proceed in the same direction. And that, that again echoes a comment by Lewis talking about, you can only have progress if you're moving in the right direction. Well, what's, what's the right direction? Well, it's God's direction. You, you go back to Lincoln's quote to the person that asked him about being on the right side. And he said, I'm not worried about being on the right side. I'm worried about being on God's side because God's side is the right side. We can't ever make progress in this country. Unless we're on God's side. And that, if I can find it real quickly, right? Yeah, FDR. We cannot read the history of our rise and development as a nation without reckoning with the place the Bible has occupied in shaping the advances of the Republic. Where we have been the truest and most consistent in obeying its precepts, we have obtained the greatest measure of contentment and prosperity. You can't, you can't make progress, folks, outside of God. There's a better presidential quote than that, and I can't remember. That wasn't really the quote I was looking for. There's a quote by another president talking about all the progress that we've seen in society has been because of the Bible. And I don't, I don't know what I did with it. But nonetheless, you see that echoes Lewis, they're right. You can't make progress unless you're moving with God in the same direction as Coolidge says here. And then this other line out of this first paragraph, and obviously we're not going to get to talk about all this. Uh, we've got a responsibility to act and serve in harmony and obedience, right? Obedience, a nasty word today. A lot of people don't like it, especially when you start talking about men and women and marriage and husbands and wives, etc. But we're all obedient folks. It's just a matter of what we choose to be obedient to. Are we going to be obedient to God? Are we going to be obedient to man? Are we going to be obedient to government? Are we going to be obedient to our own desires? We all choose to be obedient to something. Obedience, you know, we act like that I'm not obedient to anybody. I don't have a responsibility to submit to anybody, anyone. But we submit, we all submit to something. It's just what we choose to submit to. It's, it's our own selfish desires or government or our boss or men or women or whatever it is. But it never works out well unless we choose to submit, to be obedient, to serve God. And then this last thing, real quick, folks. 
this is just this needs to be said all the time. I'm just going to read the paragraph again. Settlers came here from mixed motives. Some for pillage and adventure, some for trade and refuge. But those who have set their imperishable mark upon our institutions came from far higher motives. Generally defined, they were seeking a broader freedom. They were intent upon establishing a Christian commonwealth in accordance to the principle of self-government. A Christian commonwealth. Yeah, there were a lot of different motives for people that came over here in general folks. But the ones that really made our country what it is, the ones that really left an imperishable mark, as Coolidge says here, the ones that really made our nation so successful, so great, those were the ones that came here for Christianity.